0: Welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping mm-hmm. at the front here. Uh, the one of our previous videos on should you have kids got quite a bit more, a little bit
1: of a reaction traction on than, YouTube anyway. Yeah, <laughs>
0: than previous ones. And a few things I want to say about that. There was just a, a lot of. I wouldn't even necessarily say negative comments, but kind of. Some of them, but. Uh, I don't want to get into the whole topic of antinatalism, but they were saying things like, oh, you should have read this in this book before you did a podcast on it, or mm. you need to know more about this topic. You sound ignorant, oh, or "Yeah, um, like you're missing important. You must
1: be new here. <laughs> you're missing <laughs> you know?
0: important pieces. So I just want to respond to that. And all of that is duly noted. I will concede that there almost is always more that one could read, that one could imbibe on a certain topic. Uh, And maybe we could disagree about where that threshold is before you just ought to shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. And until you reach that threshold, uh, or once you do, then you may speak on the topic. Uh, We might disagree on where that line is. Uh, but this podcast I view as more of a conversation. It's a discussion that friends are having. Sometimes we have guests on, then it's more of an interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not purporting to be an expert on all of this stuff. Mm-mm. Hardly any of the topics we talk about. Yeah. Now, some might say, well, then why are you speaking about it? There are some experts out there. Fair enough. Yeah. And you are well within your right to go listen to them. Uh-huh. But hopefully, uh, my aim is to bring something to the, to the table here of something casual, yep. uh, something accessible. Um, I do have training in philosophy, which I view as sort of the handmaiden to, to all other disciplines. I don't mm-hmm. think you can actually do any of the other disciplines without assuming something philosophically in the process. And so to that end, I feel at least marginally equipped to trespass a little bit into areas that I am not an expert in and at least be able to have a conversation. I mean, yeah. it, it would really stink to not be able to talk
1: about things. That you weren't already an expert on. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, that's certainly what... And when I think about what I have to bring to the table in this kind of a podcast, because I don't have the philosophy degree, I am a true layperson uh, with a lot of these issues. I was thinking about it the other day, and it take. I mean, assuming that... Uh, that humble posture actually takes a bunch of pressure off of me. I really feel like my only job in these conversations is to honestly bear witness to what the processes are that are going on in me as I try mm. to think about issues. So when you bring up an idea and it triggers me, I'm going yeah. to tell you. Huh? No, I felt that that triggered me. Let's figure <laughs> out why. You know, I like that about you. Not yeah. that it's not that it's supposed to be a therapy session, but I do hope that we can model how to have a conversation, how to think, not what to think, not that where the experts are gonna tell you what to do, but that you would see ideas being born, discovered, uh, hunted down in real time through mm. dialogue. So, And
0: I feel like I've, we say at the end of most episodes, if you do feel like we miss something really important, mm-hmm. To the discussion like man you really mischaracterized it or there's this huge argument in favor of such and such position yeah then write that into the show join the
1: conversation yeah
0: and we'll do it in a mailbag yeah you know and i'll go back and i'll do a mea culpa that i've left something really important out. i, d- I don't want to do that well, i'm
1: glad you mentioned that because i was thinking through this as well i don't know that we've gotten as many comments on a youtube video as we got from the anti-natalist mm-hmm. one or the yeah but uh it, that actually does become a tough format it's tough to know how to respond because some of these comments maybe are legitimately bringing things to light opinions that we didn't consider or whatever Mm -hmm. and we can go through and like respond in the comments but then it's kind of weird to get back on and do an episode and we got one more thing to say about that topic we did three weeks ago you know but maybe a mailbag episode is the place for that where we revisit old topics and kind of march those conversations forward a little bit Mm -hmm. i don't know
0: yeah, I spent like four hours responding to comments, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know how helpful that was. I felt I feel somewhat obligated to, if they're taking the time, mm. that mm. I at least say something.
1: Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, but
0: I just started to get repetitive, mm-hmm. as were, I think, the comments coming in. Right. So, yeah. that's all. I just wanted to say something about the genre of what this podcast is. It's not a teaching podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you like we did free will last week. I'm not telling you what you ought to think about free will. Mm-hmm. Or else I what won't be your friend. Yeah. Or that you're <laughs> irrational. I happen to hold an opinion and I do think I'm I'm closer to the right side than not, or else I wouldn't hold, I wouldn't it. hold it. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm gonna offer the reasons that I have for that, or admit when I'm agnostic about something.
1: Yep. But we appreciate when you ride in. Right. Please, please do. Okay. Yeah, ride in.
0: So okay, for this week, I would love to talk about um, let's just call it right for right now self-interest and how much that is guiding our action, mm-hmm. how psychologically present mm-hmm. that is to us. I was just listening to a number of other podcasts over the past couple of weeks, and it just uh, I just felt like some of the guests were just kind of bringing some baggage to the philosophical baggage to the table of assuming a very high place in their theorizing for Mm. self-interest as a great good you mean yeah perhaps yeah okay Mm -hmm. and so i'd love to just kind of tease out just sure some ideas about self-interest and what role it's playing in our thinking
1: well this kind of ties in with something we talked about in the previous episode when we were talking about free will i brought up this notion that it seems like all we can ever do in any situation is act in our best interests. That was something I said in that episode, and I, mm-hmm. here's what I meant, and we can tease out whether okay. we think it's true.
0: Yep. But, yeah, you might have started this, actually. Yeah, I might have this started The frustration this. in me.
1: <laughs> yeah, which was just that um, <clears throat> as I look at the way that I act in the world, it seems to me that no matter what my stated reason is for performing an action, it can ultimately be traced back to uh, my experience will be better in some way if I do this. Like, for example, we were talking about do you lose your temper and yell at your kid or do you res- respond with patience kindly to your kid? And it's like, well, in the moment, um, one of those might gratify an anger impulse that you're feeling if you're annoyed by yelling and there's a degree of pleasure to be obtained there. Um, And so in that case, acting in your self-interest, fulfilling the angry desire gives you that little hit of pleasure that somehow you get from fulfilling an angry desire. Okay. Or the next day you decide to be patient with your kid and not yell. And maybe that day the scales have tipped sort of in your mind from satisfying the anger itch and yelling is outweighed by how good I will feel or, or rather how bad I might feel with guilt after I do that. Or how good i will feel as though i'm a patient parent or i'm a patient person and so so i just am noticing that even in my virtue there is sort of smuggled in this self-interested motivation where i'll feel better if i'm a virtuous person Mm -hmm. i will carry less guilt i will uh, be more content with the way i carry myself in the world i'll be more at ease with myself if i know i'm virtuous and so, even though my actions look selfless, self sacrificial, I'm helping old ladies across the street, whatever it is, if I'm doing it because I'll feel better, it's still self interested. So, okay. That was a word vomit. Sorry. But. No, I, that,
0: was, that was well said. Okay. So, I think moving forward, maybe this is a mouthful, but it's what it's called in the literature. Mm. We can call this view psychological egoism. So, you may have heard from uh listener if you've heard some things in psychology like the id and mm-hmm. the ego the ego is just like the i mm-hmm. right yeah and so and psychological meaning just how your mind is operating and so the the view is that you human beings are ultimately motivated by self-interest um that even if other desires are present mm-hmm. like i have a desire to love my wife or take care of my community, help little old ladies off the street. Ultimately, it's, there's this more fundamental um, deep-seated layer of I'm trying to improve my life in some way to make things better for myself or to avoid things becoming
1: worse. And can we say even that maybe that's tied to like a survival instinct and an adaptation instinct that that all our lives, what we're trying to do is survive and be okay and create enough safe space around us to be okay so, if I learn at a young age that when I act a certain way, daddy gets angry and hits me well i'm going to adapt and survive by not acting that way. You know what I mean right is that i don't know if that's if it's too soon for me to marry those psychological egoism and the roots of it being this survival impulse, but they seem related to me
0: i suppose I suppose that could be like mm. you that would be an explanation of why it's true mm. yeah perhaps I guess so, yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I guess someone could say that okay,
1: so do you do you think that it is true?
0: Psychological, ecosystem? yeah. Well, that's what remains to be seen. Okay, let's, let's look through some of the arguments. So, uh, I prepare. I prepared wow. a little bit for this one. Great. And I used this resource: the fundamentals of ethics. Um, great little book. Rush Schaefer Landau. Very, very readable.
1: Shorter um, than I would expect for such a big topic. Actually, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of big topics.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I just find him to be a fantastic author. He's a professor, at least when um, I was most familiar with him, I think, in Wisconsin. But okay, great little book, sweet. So much of what I'll say will be ripping from that. Okay. Uh, so one thing about the view first is that it's trying to describe something, not prescribe. It's not saying that you ought to do anything mm-hmm. because. It is in line with your self-interest. It's just describing the way human beings are. This is what
1: you this happen is, to do.
0: This is what you're ultimately motivated by, your own self-interest. Um, and I guess one way, maybe a way we could start is to think through ways that this could be disproven. Mm-hmm. This is always, it's, a, it's a place I like to start I with love to
1: start there. Yeah.
0: Because, first of all, it just helps us avoid confirmation bias yep. and sets the win conditions or lose conditions for... A view yeah uh, if there is no possible way that your view could be wrong then that's a problem for your view because mm. f- very few things in our world are unfalsifiable yeah right you know? N- namely axioms yeah tautologies truisms and perhaps this is one of those but it's um let's put it this way how about this I happen to think that this spells certain doom for conventional morality. If psychological egoism is true, mm-hmm. then most of what we think about ethics in general goes out the window.
1: <clears throat> okay. Or, or no? Or do you? I'm. How does that? Sorry, is it, <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. I left a moment for a dramatic pause. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Can you just yeah, unpack yeah, that sure. more? Say why so,
0: more? So I think. I think the main reason for it is uh, conventional morality takes into the consideration i mean most people would say that ethics actually has mostly to do with other people mm-hmm. being others directed mm-hmm. but psychological egoism again it's not a prescriptive theory it's not telling you what you ought to do it's just describing the world but certain ways that you describe the world limit the capacity. Potentially of people. And in this case. It limits my ability to be altruistic. In any. Reasonable way. I mean altruism. We might say is. The. Desire to help others. From a place of selflessness. Not self-interestedness. Yeah. And so if. uh, If psychological egoism is true. Then it's impossible to be altruistic. And. If conventional morality relies on altruism, then through you know modus ponens, yeah, if psychological egoism is true, then you know conventional morality goes out the window.
1: So I want to take that and run with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's but, what's at stake, and again, that's not a reason to think it's false, right, yeah, but but okay, help me with this. why? why is it that the two are mutually exclusive? Why couldn't it be that I happen to have actually several motivations for why I act and they're both present at the same time? Uh, maybe, like I'm wondering why can't psychological egoism be true right alongside altruism? And it's like, why do you act selflessly? Well, I'm partly motivated by selflessness and I'm partly motivated by s- self-interest. I, I do happen to agree with
0: you, okay. but then I don't think that's what psychological egoism not what it's is saying. claiming. That's the whole point, yeah, I think. yeah, so we can point to these um, more truncated little des- I have a desire to help others and but mm. ultimately fundamentally, the claim is that all this stuff is motivated by self-interest. That's the claim. And now maybe you know upon further inspection, you're like, oh well, that's preposterous. Yeah and you want to hold on to being genuinely <laughs> motivated by the interest of others. But that's just not what the view says.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess I find myself wanting t- to... I I struggle to think of a situation where I am only acting al- altruistically. I guess maybe if I was actually giving my life for somebody. Jumping in front of a car to save a little boy or something. Mm-hmm. It's tough to know what the self-interested motivation would be there. Sorry, I'm just reflecting on my yeah, own experience yeah. and seeing... Are these two present all the time for me? Of self-interest is there right alongside uh, the interests of others? Mm-hmm.
0: Let's go here because yeah. I think there are. Um, I think what the intuitive pull of psychological egoism, the there's some nuggets of truth to it that we like the um, thinking that self-interest is ever present mm-hmm. and important, in how we make decisions is totally on the table yeah. and likely true. It's just going it's this just further stuff of that's what always motivates us. Yeah. I think puts conventional morality I could see why it would into question. Yeah. I can see know? why it would. So here here's um what Schaefer Landau calls the strongest desire's argument mm. for psychological egoism. Premise one whenever you do something, you are motivated by your strongest desire. Okay. Premise two, whenever you are motivated by your strongest des- desire, you are pursuing your self-interest. Therefore, whenever you do something, you are pursuing self-interest. So he's cool, like this author, in that like every single one of these he gives is valid. It's mm-hmm. so, like the structure works mm-hmm. It's then whether the premises are true? are true or not. Yeah.
1: Read them again. Real yeah. Quick. W-
0: whenever you do something, you are motivated by your strongest desire. And that seems like intuitive, you know?
1: that Whenever you act in the world, mm-hmm. you're p- picking from among a range of possible actions. Yeah, act and... And you're valuing them. We mean intentional action. Volition, yeah. yeah, yep. So there's any number of... Infinite number of actions you could take in a given situation. You value some actions over others. One of them comes out on top as the most valuable or what's he say, strongest desire.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's saying... And that's the one you will end up acting on, the strongest desire. Mm-hmm. And it will be self-interested. Yeah, whenever, whenever you're motivated by your strongest desire, you are pursuing your self-interest. And is he almost like saying that definitionally there? Like, what it means to pursue your strongest desire is that you, like, couldn't your strongest desire be uh, selfless action? Well, exactly. But, that, but, that, but then is it like weirdly self-defeating where if it also happens to be your strongest desire, it's what you want most. Good. Okay. So this is,
0: and now like, so to me, and I think this is what he says, if I'm remembering correct, I didn't like copy down the whole hmm. chapter into my notes, but that you would really only be persuaded of this argument if you were already in in the grips of believing psychological egoism because you're exactly right yeah you would say well no i could one of my strongest desires could be to help others mm. um, i think maybe here's where some confusion lies is we i think we're allowed to make a distinction between whose desire it is who it belongs to and what the desire is for just because it's my desire you know it's one of my mental states I don't think it automatically means that it's in my interest or that my life will be going better or that I'm, a, I'm accruing more pleasure or avoiding more pain purely because it's my mental state that's being satisfied. Yeah. When I act in that way. To your point, I mean, frankly, I find the case of the true hero, the self-sacrificing hero, mm. as
1: extremely powerful. Um, Underminer. Say more. What do you mean? The case of the... Like the jumping in front of the car to save the kid. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Or, man, I mean, there's so many, right? Yeah. Uh, Soldiers in a foxhole. There's four of them, and a live grenade gets tossed in, and one of your buddies hops on the grenade, and it blows him up. I mean, it's a split second. Well, what does it really mean to say that that was in his self-interest? The psychological egoist says, you have to do this uh or you're ultimately by your self-interest now the comeback is i think you're about to say that uh he couldn't live with himself afterwards he's running this counterfactual yeah. all very quickly if i didn't jump on that grenade then i wouldn't be able to live with myself i've had a guilty conscience and or like and i could die yeah anyway and his strongest desire
1: is to die virtuous or mm-hmm. knowing that or, somehow
0: yeah perhaps or yeah. but i
1: mean that's
0: strange though yeah that's, that's a strange way of thinking about well-being is the last moment mental or, state or no no after that <laughs> oh yeah yeah your, your accolades post-mortem
1: yeah um well i wasn't no i didn't even mean that okay. that he would live on as a hero i just meant yeah it's really the can't live with myself thing. It's like in that split second what i want most is to not live with my friend's deaths on my conscience so i'm going to jump on the grenade Mm -hmm. And my life will be shorter, but it will be the kind of life that ultimately I want most. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, Is this view unfalsifiable? When I I first heard that case like in college in an early ethics class, mm -hmm. I never brought it up because it was too morbid. Yeah. But I will now. What? And I always thought, I'm sort of glad that not everyone has the hero gene in them. (laughs) because I can imagine everyone jumping well all four jump and bonk heads and then they all die (laughs) tragically (laughs) yeah you need just
1: a few heroes here and there (laughs) this is the way your mind wandered in uh, school Um, yeah so I was just asking is this view falsifiable I mean the psychological egoist who just claims this is what's at the root of all your action mm -hmm. what can be said what can be said other than no I disagree you know right Uh, well, this is a little bit how I felt in the free will one. Yeah, there's something
0: to that. Yeah, right. Well, everything you're thinking is just yeah. uh, it's it just appears. appearing before thought. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I do think it has a bit of that. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, we could run like a an invisible elf hypothesis where, mm-hmm. um, let's say I had a conversation with you, and it turns out my car broke down, and I proceed to tell you that, oh man, I just can't like keep him away what what are you talking about like this invisible elves they show up and they like screw up my car while i'm sleeping and i just can never catch them because they're invisible yeah like that that that's preposterous but it's unfalsifiable right anything could be explained in that way and and nothing you say can be counter evidence because i could then just explain it with the elves invisible elves yeah um it has that texture to it here's another argument in favor of psychological ease Maybe maybe this will scratch your itch the expected benefit argument whenever you do something you expect to be better off as a result if you expect to be better off as a result of your actions then you are aiming to promote your self-interest therefore whenever you do something
1: you're aiming to promote your self-interest it's another way of saying the same same thing
0: uh, it does get you to the same conclusion, but I think it's a little bit different that you expect to be
1: better off. The other one was more like motivational and your desires. It seems the same as like, um, oh, is it Donald Hoffman who talks about fitness payoffs? That's what we're all doing here. It's running little mm. calculations, determining fitness payoff for various courses of action. and
0: uh, Yeah, I don't know. So so I think this one's even worse of an mm. argument premise 2 if you expect to be better off as a result of your actions then you're aiming to promote your
1: self-interest. See, yeah. Okay, I take issue with that. I happen to think that it it happens to be in your best interests to live in harmony with other people. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, uh acting in a selfless way is has the added benefit of being in your best interests as well. It is the path to the good life, you know. Um, But read that premise again. How did he said that? If you expect to be better off as a result of your action, then
0: you are aiming to promote your self-interest. Yeah, but that might not be all you're doing. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just that expecting a result doesn't mean that that thing was the ultimate thing you were aiming
1: at. Or the motivator. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: I mean, someone who is let's just call it altruism, just for shorthand, conventional morality. When I go out of my way to help someone, I do expect to feel good. Yeah, you know, in some way, having it, done it has some positive feedback lived, loop there. lived in in accordance with virtue, but that doesn't mean that was my ultimate aim in doing so. Mm-hmm. I just view it as kind of like a well, that's maybe it sounds pejorative. I was gonna say like a lazy or naive psychology. Mm. Or just not very robust. There's a lot more going I think, on. Yes, I it's, think it's, it's that. It's not the only fractal. Yep. To be looking at.
1: I don't think. I don't think our motivations are very transparent to us. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty opaque uh, in terms of why I do and say the things I do. Even down, going down to stuff like the way the microbiome in your gut can affect your cravings for food and and stuff. There are all kinds of subtle motivations that I i'm not privy to mm-hmm. so to boil it all down to self-interest i think paints with too broad a brush i think i think it's uh, yeah more nuanced than that right but uh, but i will give i will grant them that it seems in my experience self-interest is always present i i struggle to think of a situation where that's not one of the motivations i don't know if i can act in a truly self-disinterested way you know Hmm. um I don't know maybe though i mean can you think of examples help me think of examples
0: and by that do you mean
1: every every aspect of my life will be worse
0: yeah okay
1: yeah then yeah because even in even in the situations where your body succumbs to you know being destroyed there's the the little pang of virtue that you get from that or whatever it happens to be there's always some little there's something in it for me always or else i'm not acting I think unless- so. What?
0: But what's strange about that? Here, this is where it gets compl- like tricky to articulate. Um. Oh my gosh, how do you say it? Okay, I'll start with this. Um. It should not be the fault of an ethical view that the the good person, the virtuous person, does find pleasure in being good. So, like, if if all the different, you know, there's consequentialism, mm-hmm. deontology, all these different ethical theories people have come up with, let's call that all within like conventional morality, yep. that, that the good person would um, enjoy being virtuous to a degree shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be a mark against that whole idea. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. Or when you yeah. say... Uh, I can't help but think of a situation like even when I are, I'm doing the good to help someone else that I feel some pleasure from it. Like, yeah, of, of course, that should be, that's already built into the system. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I just don't think it follows at all that you're you are doing it because of that feeling. In fact, in a way, that would then make it not ethical. And if I could like throw it back at the mm-hmm. the egoist. Because like uh, maybe on a, on more of a virtue ethics paradigm where you you had, I think it was Aristotle, maybe someone commenting on him, the incontinent man, the continent man, and the virtuous man. Hmm. The incontinent man does not do the good and does not want to do the good. The continent man does the good, but doesn't really want to. He just kind of does it begrudgingly because he knows it's his duty. Hmm. The virtuous man does the good and loves the good. Desires the good, yeah. Um, and likes the good for its own sake and because it's the good and the fact that he would then experience some pleasure by having done that I don't think makes it unethical or that it somehow means egoism is true Yeah, the fact that the good person would feel guilty in the counterfactual if they had not done it and you're like see you're doing it out of your own preservation to avoid and not the feel guilt. guilty um, <laughs> um,
1: there's some, I just feel what, like there's some, kind of, it, there's
0: some kind of slippery judo move yeah. being done with the language there.
1: What else would it mean to be directed by a conscience towards right action mm-hmm. other than to like, feel it grieved when you fail? It's or? like
0: It's almost like being predatory on this other concept of being good that like see you would, you're only doing that because well no it's I'm feeling that because this is the good mm-hmm. and I haven't done it yeah it's not the locus of decision making is not whether or not I'm gonna feel bad or not it's how desirous I am I'm so convinced of that this is the good or not uh, and this that will just be a consequence of whether I follow it but that doesn't mean that's the ultimate reason I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it for the sake of the good. The virtuous man is, at least on Aristotle. All right, view. who like, knows what the, you're doing. The continent man, which I am in that category <laughs> often, is the one who does it begrudgingly.
1: Yeah. For its own sake. Or why do you do it begrudgingly?
0: Well, and I think that even might pose some pressure on the the egoist or like the strictly conscientious actor that really... Like, let's say um, that I could embezzle funds Mm -hmm. and I could totally get away with it and no one would ever find out, but I just really, I view it as wrong. I would be wronging someone. I care about the people I'm wronging and so I won't do it. Even though I could increase my, like I could clearly increase my self-interest, at least in some tangible way. And but no, that you won't do it because your self-interest to not have that guilt outweigh that new boat
1: you would buy mm-hmm. means that you're not going to do it yeah that was what I was going to say <laughs> yeah how do you know it's not I mean that has to fa- factor into your calculus you think about that mm-hmm. when you think about the embezzling should I embezzle no I would feel terrible about myself the next day in addition to people I love that I don't want to hurt or whatever it happens to be there is a, it crosses the ticker tape that uh, the fact that your experience of life would be less good if you were carrying around this guilt, and so mm-hmm. it's not worth it for you to engage in that behavior? There's some payoff, at least for me, there is, when I think about you know doing that sort of thing. I just reject that it's the only right. thing keeping me on the straight and narrow, yeah. I guess that's what's at that stake, yeah. Now. You had mentioned before we hit record, not just psychological egoism, but is it ethical egoism? Yes. Uh, What is that?
0: Okay, so ethical egoism would be now the prescriptive version of this, Okay. where uh, actually you could even, whether or not psychological egoism is true is independent. If it's true, it kind of bolsters the stock of Mm -hmm. ethical egoism. But this view says that you your, your only moral duty is to promote your self-interest.
1: That is very backwards from how I was raised <laughs> to think about morality. I would almost say it's a complete 180. Now, so, and this is
0: particularly... This is the part where I felt like this was being eschewed or... Um, sorry, that's not the right word. It was being promoted in some of the podcasts I was listening to. Yeah.
1: Like on some... I know the one you're listening
0: to. Libertarian, Bitcoin, energy usage. Talking about
1: free market actors and every market actor acting in their own interests is Mm -hmm. the best case scenario. Um,
0: And I do want to separate like the the political philosophy mm -hmm. part of this. Yeah. Um, I think that's a separate discussion, but for the ethics of individual morality like what 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 is clint obligated to do yeah and the ethical egoist says you are obligated to promote your own
1: self-interest above the interests of others is that does that add anything to throw uh, that in only if fulfilling theirs also increases my interest well this is what i was going to say is th- at least listen I, I know who you're referring to I actually don't know his name but i do mm-hmm. know the podcast you're referring to um I, I, the claim wasn't like you should only do selfish things. Like selfish is maybe a a distinct uh, word than self interested. Can we say that being selfish is different from being self interested? What's the difference? Here's how I, Like for example, he gave the the idea that you can still you know sacrifice to provide for your family, and you're not going to be completely selfish with your time and with your resources or whatever. You're going to be a responsible parent. But it's self-interested in that, like, you chose to step into that Mm. role as a parent and sacrifice. It's not hedonism, right? It's not just saying maximize your own pleasure necessarily or, like, just indulge the flesh as much as you can. Um, Whatever happens to be in your self-interest as you deem it. Which, I'm wondering if the guardrails there are, like we said before... What what happens to be in your best interests is to live in harmony with other people, but that's just it. I mean,
0: but not always. That's kind of what ethics is all about. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in some sense, you just. I mean, well, this would be more undergirded by like a a social um, contract view of ethics, where we all all just kind of agree to get along and live in harmony but there's no real objective moral law that undergirds it all. Mm-hmm. It just seems to pull the rug out from under things. Like, don't we want to say that things are just always, some things are always wrong to do no matter what, even if it leads to a lot of self-interest. And Because you're saying, well, living your son tr- is always living in harmony. I don't know if that's true. Mm. Like the case of someone that can get away with Murdering your rival, or or theft, or rape. Mm-hmm. I mean, rape is a really yeah. You got pretty dark, egregious pretty crime that we want to say you ought never do. Yeah. But the egoists cannot help themselves to any
1: other moral precept. And so the. um
0: Actually, fun fact: like uh, this is where you may have thought J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings creator, was the initial inventor of like you know the the One Ring and makes Frodo invisible. Yep. Uh that idea was actually in uh, Plato, and I think it's I think it's in the Republic. But he tells a story. Uh, it's called the Ring of Gyges, and this farmer is digging around uh, in a cave and finds this ring. And he tries it on and he turns invisible, he finds out. And he tests it a bunch of times to make sure it works. And he's kind of a poor farmer out in the country. Once he finds out it works, he goes through all these uh, adventures and eventually like, kills the king and marries the queen or something and steals a bunch of gold and like becomes Jeez. the tyrant in a way.
1: Because he can get away with it. Because he can
0: get away with it. So all of his conventional morality went out the window the moment he was just able to do it.
1: Do you think that happens? Just uh, as we think about human nature, that claim that absolute power corrupts absolutely.
0: Um, I don't think so.
1: No. No. Do you think you mostly
0: because the divine? I happen to think God <laughs> exists, sure, has sure. as much power as possible, and is not corrupted. But
1: as far as human nature goes, do you think that's in all men? Do you think that's in you? That so, I would be totally corrupted. Yeah. Suppose you got the ring suppose you could get away with absolutely everything and you knew it and you knew there's no chance I'm getting caught for any wrongdoing. That'd be tough. Would you remain as virtuous as you are now?
0: I mean, likely not.
1: I'm not trying to throw you under (laughs) the bus. I'm just (laughs)
0: thinking about human
1: experience and who, who among us could resist that temptation. Mm -hmm.
0: Truly uncatchable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, if it's a certainty, if it's, you can absolutely get away with anything, mate. Mm -hmm this the world is like gta go for it right man and so uh, sorry the um ethical egoist Mm -hmm. is saying what's the exact claim i'm wondering what the rubric is then for how to decide how to act my life will be better if i do this action well, what, what all is baked ha- into it being the... in my interest? What's baked in there? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's what you deem it to be. Whatever I want. Yes. Because for some people, I could see they might value longevity of life over the thrills you have during life. And my
0: mm-hmm. best
1: interest is to live till 90-something, or my best interest is to live hard and fast and die at 35. Or right. So it's just up to you. Whatever is going to create the kind of life that you really want.
0: And that's your only moral obligation. That's ethical egoism.
1: I mean, to, to me, it's. Uh, it seems like these two might be at odds. But like, if you take, mm. if you believe psychological egoism, you mm. don't need ethical egoism. It's all you can do, it's all you've ever been doing. Right. No point talking about oughts. You ought to do something or the other. Doesn't matter. All you're ever going to do is act in your own interest that right um well like you said earlier if psychological egoism is true then ethics goes out the window why even have an ethics discussion because you are you are just going to do this all the time yeah it does kind of seem that way no point talking about it yeah
0: so i would say that i would say ethical egoism clashes with conventional morality in three main ways one would be it could it could require you to do things that would typically seem extremely immoral yep killing raping thieving does that make sense why that would happen
1: if if you decided you really wanted to do those things you mean yeah and and you then you would be obligated to do them
0: yeah and you thought that you could get away with it and that yeah it it would ultimately serve your goal yeah why not knock off the rival yeah you know or steal this money yeah yeah it could forbid you from doing things that we typically would think of as praiseworthy. Sure. Yeah, that, that one's... Self-sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, there are... Don't do it. No heroes in foxholes with grenades. So yeah. That makes no sense, on ethical egoism. Yeah. And How could that ever be in your interest? Don't put do your
1: that? life in danger to rescue someone else's. Which, I mean, man, it's a pretty offensive view for a lot of... Yeah, people. <laughs> but they've actually done the morally wrong thing by jumping on the grenade. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it permits you from escaping moral duties that we could easily yeah. purchase, partici- like what, what what would be called uh, cases of easy rescue, babies face down in puddles yeah. that are drowning. But it's going to make me late to my meeting. Take out
1: some time in my day. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we're not straw manning this view because mm-hmm. it does seem you're right it seems like it would lead to some absurd situations that really defy our sort of moral intuitions mm-hmm. is there something we're missing about is there a more favorable light we can paint this view in um because surely the ethical egoist i'm just imagining if we have ethical egoists show up in the youtube comments like yes. the antenatalists did mm-hmm. i don't want us to be straw their position saying they'd leave babies face down in puddles if that's not what their, their view actually would yeah. mandate for, for them,
0: it's not, I am not saying that every ethical egoist would be permitted to do that. Right. It's just, it the, depends sorry, on the individual. All of these were, um, it's just that the theory makes room for any three of those yes. is a big problem. Right. Right. Conceptually. It might turn out in actuality that none of that stuff happens. Mm hmm. It doesn't seem to happen that often mm-hmm. for those reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, obviously, people kill, people rape, people steal, and they're doing it because they want to mm-hmm. a lot of times, mm-hmm. right? But this is a claim about this isn't. We're not trying to describe the society. This is a ethical view. Mm-hmm. What is? What are you morally obligated to do? Whatever promotes your own self interest. And so. If it could be shown, to I mean, if you found yourself convinced that it's in, it's yeah, I could get away with this. I could murder the other guy going up for the CEO position. No one would ever know it's me, and I'll get the job. And and I don't give a crap about that guy. It's just some dude out there, and I'll get paid the half million dollars a year for that job. Mm -hmm. Then you, then you're, then you're morally obligated Obligated to to do it and that seems wild yeah that's not my only like criticism that it's wild
1: right right um but i'm i'm just wondering what are the proponents of this view what is the great good that they see coming about as a result of everybody acting in their own best interests mm -hmm. they think that's what like for for them to say you're morally obligated isn't that to say the world would be better think the right thing to do is for you to act in your own best interest. That's what we're all here to do. Um, it would be good for us all to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what does that world look like? I mean, this this guy we were listening to was talking in regards to the economy and market actors and and essentially like capitalism, free market capitalism.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and he's saying at least as far as innovation, technology development, economic growth, that is best done by free market actors acting in their own best interests acquiring or energy making goods trying things selling them etc. So I can I can see maybe an argument there for in the realm of economics acting in your own best interests is and everybody sort of competing in that space is what leads to economic flourishing but I'm wondering beyond the economic realm what what is the great good that the ethical Uh, shoot. What's the word? Egoist. Egoist. What is? What's the great good that the ethical egoist is thinking that mode of being will bring about? Does that make sense? No. Mm, Too much word vomit.
0: No, no. um,
1: I don't think there is like this higher order thing.
0: For there's no societal good it's trying to achieve. Almost
1: by by definition,
0: definition, it's just in your life. That's what I'm saying. It's not like a. It's yeah. not a political. Yeah, yeah. View. I think it can be transmuted into one. You know, we could mm-hmm. give a whole libertarian argument that kind of is like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's here's what he calls the best argument for ethical egoism. One one would be to say. There's this. I mean, there's kind of an age old question in ethics, and that's why be moral in the first place. Yeah. Why is morality something that you should follow? Mm-hmm. If, if you could be better off without it, why not do it? I mean, that's what the Ring of Gaiji story is trying to show. is as soon as he got the power to do it, conventional morality no longer served his purposes. He could of he could have a better life without following them. It just so happens. That you and I don't have rings of gaiges, and so we play the game of conventional morality, and follow the little rules. But if we could get away with it, we would, and we should, because that's. I mean, just what else is there? Just get get what you can. Mm-hmm. And and it's been t- it's been difficult to answer the why be moral question. You've had religious folks in the church, say, like. Uh, Basically, kick the can down the road. Actually, almost endorse a kind of ethical egoism, if mm-hmm. if if you will, for a moment. With the hell you mean?
1: With hell and heaven things you ought to avoid. Crown
0: porn. a d- crown of jewels, which it and, which
1: has been for people like I don't know Jono, if you talk to him today, he one of his main reasons that he has r- sort of rejected theism and Christianity is, and I think it's it's an is interesting. Is you okay with that being thrown out? I think okay. so. I think he would be John. If you're not tell me i guess but you know one of his main points has been look the only reason i would want to be involved in any of that is to avoid hell itself my motivations are selfish anyway on that story i'm trying to get my fire insurance and it's right. not because i actually want to be a good person or because i mm-hmm. am interested in what jesus had to say it's like i just want the fire insurance policy
0: i think we'd be surprised at how many
1: christians are, yeah. e-
0: are ethical egoists <laughs>
1: yeah yep. ultimately just trying to Preserve themselves by being in the mm-hmm. the saved camp. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: And and not only that, not just um again, not just trying to preserve self-interest because that. Um, we th- yeah. What am I trying to say? That that's a very natural thing to do. A lot of us do that all the time. And you might say like, some situation like couldn't have really faulted you for doing that. It's, you were in a really tough spot. This is saying, no, no, like, that was good. You ought to do that. Mm. And that's the reason that you should do things is because it promotes your self-interest. And and the ethical egoist has a very airtight answer to the why be moral question that other views don't really have access to. And that's Mm -hmm. because it's good for you.
1: And it's yeah, by definition, and, again, yes. right? Yeah. Because you're choosing what's good for you in every mm-hmm. moment.
0: But other views don't really have that. I mean, we could tell a, a story about how it might be good for you, and like the virtuous man acts in accordance with virtue and he feels some good from that. But morality can actually like leave you worse off all the time. Like, if we're really being honest about it, I mean, we might be weighing this little feeling of having done good too strongly. Mm hmm. Doing the right thing can leave you worse off a lot.
1: Or no. Or... Well, I mean, only within a certain, it just depends on scope and how you're measuring that. Mm-hmm. What are you including in the calculus of better or worse off? I can totally imagine being worse off financially because I've done something good with my money and now I no mm-hmm. longer have a lot of it or whatever, you know? So, but that's not the only good in the, in the calculus there. Yeah. And again, not... it
0: does de- it does depend on what you're building into self-interest.
1: Right, because we're not we're yeah. not just saying the ethical egoist is uh antisocial, dysfunctional in relationships, no. totally selfish, uh-uh. just eats all the food in the fridge and can't live with a partner. Like because again, it might be in your best interest to learn to get along with a partner and to have a spouse to build a life with and to have company, like all of that. So I just want to make sure we're not leaving the impression of the ethical egoist being a, a selfish monster that pays no regard to other people. No, no. A lot That's, of their actions would appear. Right. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Others directed. Yeah. Interesting, man.
1: So why why has this been on your mind? I mean, you don't seem very swayed by either of these views. Uh was there a a question you were bringing to the table with this episode? Why do an episode on it? Something you are trying to solve or just wanted to toss it around?
0: I guess I just wanted to talk about it. Uh, I had you, not thought... You want of... to sway me in some way. No, no. No? <laughs> um, maybe I was feeling like you were uh, flirting with the idea of becoming uh-huh. an egoist of sorts. Mm. And I, I don't know if these views are right or I don't think they are.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough. Well, I appreciate... Appreciate you trying to rein me in there, Big C. But no, I think just going back to the start of the discussion, I think my observation still remains that self interest seems always present within me and, mm-hmm. and in my actions. It's just not the only guiding principle. Right. But I still can't seem to escape it. And this is this comes up, man. I, I don't know. Like when I think about what could be meant by original sin, this is kind of what I think about. It's like, even, I just, I can't escape that little part of my mind that wants to appear righteous. And Mm -hmm. even like, as I'm maybe displaying humility, a little part of my mind that's patting me on the back for doing that way to be so humble, you know, Mm -hmm. and there is this sort of incessant narcissism that seems inescapable where I'm very concerned some part of me is very concerned about how things are going for Tony you know absolutely man yeah and maybe to
0: bring it full circle I wonder if it does have a lot to do with just the meat brain that you have that Mm. you acquired through whatever natural selection evolution stuff and survival of the fittest and it matters to you a lot whether you carry on and uh having other people view you as ethical is extremely advantageous in our Mm -hmm. society and so you should feel a release of endorphins when you do that
1: yeah because we like we're competing and cooperating all the time that's what those are the two things we're sort of doing in the social sphere competing against other people for jobs resources uh social favor Whatever it happens to be, and cooperating with people, because if you never cooperate with people, you won't get invited to play games. And somehow those two need to be held in tension in mm-hmm. the way that we act. Can't get too competitive or you drive everyone away, but you can't completely refuse to compete and only try to cooperate. There's times when you need to advocate for yourself. And mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I mean, probably for me, like maybe this is a weird way to close. The. The strongest examples are the cases of self-sacrifice and how those are, I I guess I just don't really respect how those are castigated by these views as paradigm cases of immorality. Of doing
1: the wrong thing. Yeah.
0: That, I mean. It's hard to say
1: that with a straight face. So much
0: the worse for the view. Yeah. If it ends up saying that, you know. Right. That
1: defies all of our intuitions. Right. Yeah. And the great myths mm-hmm. that have shaped us.
0: But what what I, what I like about this topic, i I usually, when I was teaching ethics in university, we'd spend at least a couple of days on this near the beginning of the semester. Mm-hmm. Because if, I mean, there's not really a whole class to do afterwards. If, if we find out it's true. If psychological <laughs> egoism is true and then we just ad- endorse ethical egoism, then what's the point in looking at anything else that might be concerned about others Mm -hmm. as a more paramount duty? Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. I'll have to think more about how much ethical egoism has um, gotten its tendrils into the church. I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know if there's any more filaments to pull on there. Out of curiosity, I know this is kind of armchair uh, Bible scholar sort of talk that might frustrate some people, but when you have things, sayings like "lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven," hmm. where the idea is a it's, postmortem, mortem yeah. is uh, it a postmortem reward for actions in this life? It's unclear
1: what's being taught there. Okay, I think,
0: or it could just be the. A treasure
1: now? Could, uh, yeah. Okay. Depends on what you think the kingdom of heaven is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, certainly the way I had for a long time read that was an appeal to self-interest. Mm-hmm. Amass a large pile of treasure so you have heaps of treasure later. <laughs> right. Do that. It'll be really sick. <laughs> and other people won't have done it and you'll have way more treasure than them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's quite what he was getting at, but... I
0: think it's... uh for, I, I don't know where you are, if you're still with us as the viewer at this point. But if you are, don't know where you're at, if you find these two views to be totally preposterous or maybe mm-hmm. you are kind of more in that vein. But I think it's more prevalent than you think. And that's how people live their lives. I don't know.
1: Really? It's just maybe not articulated mm-hmm. quite this well, but you think it's implicit in a way a lot of people make decisions. and I do. Is that just the same as saying... Are you saying you think people act in their self interests a lot, or you think people think it's best for them to act in their self interests a lot? They're ethical egoists. They just don't know that word for it. What was your,
0: what were you saying? I then? do, I, uh, I think the latter.
1: Really? I feel like the average person, if you asked them, what do you think? Is it better to act in your self interests or the interests of others? I feel like the average person would say the interests of others. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they would. Maybe. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a whole bunch of people who are like, look out for number one. Nobody else is gonna do it. Maybe. Yeah.
0: I'm also getting a little bit confused even in my own head. Okay. I guess um and maybe we could have done a better job of this, but to say more at the beginning, just what we're building into self interest. There's almost a way you could like loop yourself out of the problem. By including the interests of others in the self interest. Yeah, that's some and, of what I was getting at. And then you get, now it's, no, it's a weird semantic weird
1: bootstrapping thing.
0: I would even argue that uh, there's a whole ethical view called eudaimonism mm. or to promote the flourishing good life that a ton of Christian philosophers endorse. That's essentially like it's almost the same structure as egoism. Really? Uh, but just, yeah, they've kind of built in other virtues into yourself. It's in your self-interest to be courageous. And, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Anyway, well, okay, case in point, maybe we, st- we started with uh, <laughs> a little housekeeping about how this isn't a podcast for all the answers. Here's a topic. Here are these two views in philosophy. Yep. Psychological egoism, ethical egoism. Make up your own mind. But I think we've given some reasons to think that this is a problem for how we conventionally think about morality. Mm-hmm. But it does touch on like this important topic of what, what is the role of self-interest? What do we make of it? Is it kind of all-encompassing? Is this the way we um, just by default have to operate in the world? And then yeah. the further step, um, should it be the main action-guiding way that you live?
1: Mm. And there's some Venn diagram there between mm. actions that are in your best interest, action that are in the best interest of others. If you can operate in that overlap space, that's mm. the dream. That would be great. That'd be, that'd <laughs> be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully you found that conversation helpful. Uh, you can always join the conversation, like we said at the beginning of the show. You can do that. Leave a comment on this video if you're watching on YouTube and we'll respond to you. Or go ahead right into the show, mailbag at openatruth.com and we're about due for a mailbag episode right Mm. yeah we got another one brewing so if you want to get in on that send those in submit a question doesn't have to be about this topic can be about anything can be an, an ama really so um yeah right into the show and we hope to hear from you soon stay curious